Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of The Ball Bags Episode 10, Season 3, two episodes left this side of Christmas, which is a scary concept. Uh, and then we'll take a winter break, return in the new year. But it's kind of a, a tried and tested trio at this stage. It's myself, then it's Rocky. How are you, sir? Doing well, pal. Um, I know we don't put the video out with these podcasts, but if the either of you see my eyebrows going up, it's because I'm watching the uh, Turkey Day NFL that's currently on as we record. I think we're probably all watching it on the slide. Um, I'll try and not let it affect my uh, my podcasting. But we've kind of skipped across a very important element of the show too as well. The most important the element. Exactly. How are you, sir? I'm good, Sasquatch. How are you? I'm fine. I'm kind of... I'm, I'm somehow always taken aback by the ego of Rocky to kind of make the show about him. Um, the show so. needs a diva. And I'm here to deliver. <laughs> we got it in spades. Um, but look, I digress. So, look, we're going to get get straight into the, the crux of the show, the format. I think you all know at this stage what it is. So the kick is off. Diva, who's your player of the week and why? Going for a bit of a curveball here. Uh, I've chosen Tommy DeVito. He's been the butt of everybody's jokes now for three or four weeks. You know, everybody's ripping him for living at home with his parents, you know, doing his chores, all of this business. But on Sunday, he beat the Washington Commanders. Um, he went for a, six, a completion percentage of 69. Nice percentage. Um, <laughs> uh, he had a 137.7 passer rating. And he just pulled out a win for a putrid Giants team that nobody really expected. Look, the, the commanders aren't a powerhouse themselves, but I don't think many people had uh, the New York Giants win the, winning that game. And even for fans of other NFC East teams, he's hurt their uh, draft pick. So really, it's a win-win for everybody in that division, except for maybe the commanders. Fair. Um, cool. Um, next of us was myself. Uh, it's probably maybe something we haven't maybe given just quite enough love to this season. Um, but my better week is LeBron James. It's kind of for a culmination of reasons in terms of picking it from last weekend. They were victorious over the Portland Trailblazers on Saturday. It's not a huge deal, but it's more the concept of he dropped 35 points in a victory. The man is 38 going 39 in December. He is averaging 33.8 minutes a game and 25.7 points a game. We have never seen this longevity in sports. Ergo Tom Brady. That's that's the only comparable person in this stratosphere. Um, the debate will rage on indefinitely. LeBron versus Jordan. But I think with enough time gone by, I think we will agree that it is LeBron that is the GOAT per se. I just always think 
history always paints you in a positive light when you're in that stratosphere. Um, so, yeah, look, but I just think at this age, 38, going on 39, what more needs to be said? Uh, it's exceptional. And Fair point. Yourself. Um, yeah, so my uh, player of the week is was the returning Justin Fields to the Chicago Bears. Um, uh, Badgent had deputised quite well for them. I think he, you know, it's a terrible coaching team there, but they've actually got two pretty decent quarterbacks and Fields came back into this one, nearly led an upset against the Lions, who are the NFC North leaders. And, um, yeah, like he, he ran for... 104 yards true for 169 and but for bad coaching in the last quarter really could have caused a big upset there on Sunday um, and I think he missed four games on the bounce with a thumb injury so it was, it was a it was a good return for him and I think it shows it probably showed enough of him for the Bears to stick with him if they can get the right coaching around him yeah I think look I it's very easy to look at Justin Fields as a recommendation for, for player of the week and go, yeah, but he lost. Um, I think he was very good against the Lions. He probably needs to string two or three performances like, like that down the stretch to just give us that like level of consistency. They're like, okay, we're comfortable with him now. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, he's not coaching and he's not playing cornerback. So how much can you pump the loss on him? Yeah, I would say as well, just to put in, um, I've been very critical of him as well. But if you look at his stats over the last three years, he has been improving incrementally. Uh, whether you're looking at completion, completion percentage, which has gone from 58 to 60 to 62%, um, his touchdown to interception ratio, or even his, his just his passer rating in general, there is markable improvement there. Um, and as you say, there might be growing confidence with him at the helm going forward rather than a readiness to, to ditch him or move off him. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think so. I think um, the, he's always showing glimpses, but I think Sasquatch hit the nail on the head, though. He needs to get a three, four-game stretch, show his consistency, and maybe, maybe just use his own heads up and not listen to the coaches <laughs> for some for some of those but plays there's an element too like for ownership if if he can cement that kind of few games consistency they can actually say look examine this guy in a vacuum he has it we've just not maybe put him in a position to mm. win and that's more on us um, with the changes that probably need to take place this summer anyway in terms of coaching potentially GM and see um, I think I think GM is probably safe for another another year after this. I think I think he's safe. I think he kind of certainly the trades between the end of the last off season and before the trade deadline, he's made some good moves. Um, mm. that seem to have definitely improved both the O line and D line. Um, <coughs> Chase Claypool. <coughs> but Eberfluss is out of his out of his depth there and probably shouldn't coach in the NFL yeah, again yeah, agreed agreed <laughs> Let's see. so gents if we had to to pick one who would we be in agreement 
Well, Tommy DeVito is a bit of a meme choice. Um, I should have mentioned this. Let me tell you, the Italian, the Italian community in New Jersey is vigorously shaking that wrist. At My right goodness. Now. What a fantastic touchdown celebration. <laughs> I, I think I called it uh, off air. Uh, you might have. Um, <laughs> and he's Danny DeVito's so nephew, I'll, isn't he? <laughs> that's... <laughs> I think that's exactly true. Um, so I'll let you fight between the 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 two. It's opposite ends of the spectrum. Like it's it's the experience. Yeah. Uh, LeBron James just being LeBron James. Look, I, I, and I think we're I think we're gonna get more opportunities to give it to LeBron James. Uh, I'm far beyond kind of. Far before this podcast was even a concept, he was a a player of the week, um. So I'm happy to to give it to Justin, given it's been a tough spot, um, his pro football career so far. Yeah, I'll I'll take the win on this one. Good stuff. Yeah, I think Good this. Stuff. If we give it to Justin, I might just give him that confidence to to sort of build upon. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So when he's MVP next season, he'll give a shout out to the chief and the podcast. One hundred percent correlate back to this. He will, yeah. airing of this episode. It was Thanksgiving Day, twenty twenty three, when three lads on a podcast backed him for Player of the Week <laughs> from Northeast Ireland. Uh, who, who who would have thunk it? Um, Not too look, north. We digress. Huh? Not too north. Northeast, like I don't, don't, don't get lost here. <laughs> um, and look, political stance aside, Rocky, it's also you for agree to disagree. So kick us off, sir. Right. So, I'm gonna throw us in a direction again. We don't speak about too much, and it's a bit MLB baseball flavored. But uh, I'll open it up generally at the end. So last Thursday, MLB owners unanimously approved the Oakland Athletics to move the franchise to Las Vegas. Um, despite low attendance, Oakland is now robbed of its last pro sports team. So what do the two of you think? Is are, are moves like this justified? It's a business. But is there some responsibility to uh, a team has to its fans? Um I'll note. I'll point out as well that um, Oakland and the <coughs> Bay Area there is the tenth largest market, and Las Vegas is actually the fortieth largest market. So a, a big reason for this move is the the sports betting markets that would be obviously much larger in in Las Vegas. There's a there's an issue with that statistic. That's Go. not necessarily true. So you're you you refer to the Bay Area. The Bay Area is, is an area of two cities. Um, and one of those franchises you mentioned that has moved would have been the um, Golden State Warriors, who moved across the Bay to San Francisco, um, which culminates in half of that market. It's a huge, affluent kind of city. Oakland as a city is not too affluent. Um, they're kind of like, carbon copies of each other oh they're they're absolutely speaking. working class yeah um 
we actually kind of maybe touched on this last week without even thinking about it. We last week you, you brought up the concept of an NFL Europe and what cities mm. you pick, and we kind of touched on the fact that you probably pick Vegas. Uh, we start in the NFL in the morning, but it probably hasn't worked out too well for the the Raiders. Um, from a player management perspective, and on this, I think it's probably further shown it in to try and make Vegas this entertainment capital I don't necessarily think betting particularly sports betting needs to be the sport itself doesn't need to take place close to Vegas for betting it's very marketable though yeah Um, franchise moves like this are they justified or is it responsibility to fans I think unfortunately you have to look at some recent examples and kind of say, look, it, 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 it's two sides of a coin. It can work and it can it can blow up in your face. Let's look at, like, say, the Gronky administration. The move from St. Louis to L.A. has been huge. Mm. It was a dying franchise and they saved it. But I'll let you guys jump in. Hog on the yeah, mic. no, um... That's one of the positives of, like, it, it was a dying franchise. To me, this seems like the the Athletics is a dying franchise in Oakland, but it's also, it's reuniting the Athletics and the Raiders, who were both traditionally Oakland in Vegas. So it's kind of tying that bit of history together and stuff like that. Um If you like fr- from a rugby perspective, the London Wasps move to become the Coventry Wasps or just Wasps <laughs> absolutely backfired and now they're like bottom tier of I actually don't even know if they're approved for the bottom tier of um English rugby. Um but like that way backfired and then even go back what was it, early two thousands, Wimbledon Football Club moved to Milton Milton mm. Keynes and now they're both playing against each other in League Two. Yeah. You know, it's with very much a lot of the original Wimbledon fans sticking with the amateur club that came up through the ranks. Um AFC Wimbledon, yeah. So it's yeah uh, if they're low attendances you're you're not really losing much fan base, but you've an opportunity to grow a massive fan base. There's an element too, and this probably doesn't speak. Maybe I don't know how how true it rings for the Athletics, but I know for the Raiders, Mark Davis massively wanted them out of the Coliseum, and he was trying for years to move them back to LA. Um, it's there's a huge element in America of how supportive the city is behind the franchise too. Mm. So it's not always as convenient as like just going to good markets to kind of be successful. You kind of need that buy-in from government level as well as a community level. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, like, actually, to, sorry to be harking back to, to LA, but your example is the Rams versus the Charger. Chargers, sorry. Like, one has been an un- unmitigated disaster and one's been an unmitigated success. 
that share in the same stadium, in the same city. It's it's a business move, but you can make poor business moves, a la Wasps, moving to a huge stadium you couldn't fill out in a non-rugby heartland. Or not a, a traditional yeah. rugby heartland. It was destined to fail. Mm. Chicago are actually in a bit yeah, of a yes, similar situation, though, um, because there's rumours that they're going to move from Soldier Field to Arlington Heights or somewhere, I think, uh, or Arlington, the yeah, city, city of Arlington in Illinois. Like, it's it's a good distance away from Chicago, like, for the traditional how, fans and stuff. Now, the, the, How far is it, like, forgive me, um, it's a couple of hours' drive anyway. <laughs> Um, I'll get now, the album maps up here and we'll see we'll get yeah. some actual real data um, but like I know from what I've read on it the the city of Arlington are really hoping to get behind it and support the Bears if they go ahead with that project as it stands I think the Bears have the smallest stadium in the NFL out of all teams and it's it's it is just tied, I suppose, historically more so. Though. That's the the one thing about Soldier Field, though, isn't it? That's the one of the, the original stadium of the yeah. of the NFL. That's the thing with the Bears. Mm. Like it's just Chicago and tied to George Hallis and just so storied. Yeah, I think I kind of feel like the NFL would step in. I, I think the need to. Yeah, it's mm. one of those legacy teams, all right. You know, but like that, it's there's diehard diehard Bears fans from pretty much east to west coast. There's there's mm-hmm. a there's a guy I follow on a lot of the socials and stuff. He's he's a Jersey boy, but his his father was a Bears fan, and he's a Bears fan. <laughs> like he's uh, yeah. you know it's and you're even finding the monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was familiar. Uh, this just in, gentlemen. <laughs> Arlington Heights from downtown Chicago is about thirty-six miles. It's only about a forty-minute drive. Okay, so it's not a million miles away from downtown Dallas to downtown Arlington, Texas. True. For anybody living outside of Chicago, it'll make little to no difference. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. Fair. Um, the buzzer did go. It's an interesting concept. Thanks for bringing it to us this week, Rocky. Well, um, that's what I do. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. And even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Chief, let's hand it over. Yep. So, um, massive Interpro taking place this weekend in the Aviva Stadium um, between Munster and Leinster. Uh, last time they met was a URC semi-final. Do 
do you feel Munster need to back up that last appearance with a win or will a gutsy defeat be enough i.e. a losing bonus point as they're in only in year two of their rebuild with new head coach and coaching ticket I kind of feel it's the latter um, like a, a lot's been made of the fixture because I think Irish fans are kind of it kind of feels like the first real opportunity to get a bit of optimism going again following obviously quarterfinal defeat to the All Blacks um, we're probably going to have our World Cup stars back um, and as you mentioned after beating Leinster in the semi-final if Munster can at least play it tight well then we kind of know maybe for the foreseeable we're going to have a decent fixture here because mm. for a long time it's not been a decent fixture yeah I think um, the record is like 17-3 in Leinster's favour over the last 7 years or something like that Mm. Um, like we don't know the teams obviously as we're recording um, but you would imagine a pretty stacked Leinster team i.e. pretty much Ireland team going mm. out um, Munster have a couple of injuries and stuff it's I think last year was a, an absolute bonus for Munster like to, to win in year one with the new ticket was you know, it it was it was it was huge. Um, it, it it caught everyone, I think, including themselves, by surprise. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so it's just whether whether or not, like, what what constitutes a good, um, good contest. And I suppose uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head as well to renew the rivalry. Um, that it's not just going to be. A Leinster walk in the park as it has been. Effectively, what you're what you're facing the concept of is, and this probably might seem like I'm nailing on is like months of an opportunity now if they can start playing these games tight, that this fixture returns to being like currently Liverpool City, as opposed to City Man United. Or previously Liverpool United. Yeah, like just a competitive yeah. fixture. Like the TV stations, the Irish rugby media are probably going to upsell this game regardless. Mm-hmm. But if it's a competitive fixture and you're getting bums on seats, it's kind of... And we, we've talked about this before. We kind of, in the wake of Sexton's departure, we kind of want to see this Ted a tet battle for the new Irish 10 and... We all assume Crowder's in the driving seat, but and it mightn't be this year, but in the, over the next over the course of the next few seasons, you would ideally like to see a head to head between Prendergast and Crowley. Yeah. And and this is kind of what we're hoping for. Um so I think it's it's less important to Munster and it's more important to Irish rugby. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Do you know? I, I agree. <laughs> Rocky, you're very quiet there. Would very you like to expand? Ask the question, dipped out. No, no, I just, look, when I see brilliance in front of me, and that's what I see when I see the two of you dissect these issues, 
there's no point in sticking my finger in the middle of it just sit back and enjoy i get to experience what the listeners experience i think some of the best things in life are are core when you stick your finger into something you probably shouldn't well listen Come on, have a dabble. Have a dabble. Come on. <laughs> next next week, I'll tell you what. I'll wire you with uh, uh, with a, 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 a topic in a topic in, <laughs> <laughs> in territory that I you won't you won't expect. But there's no point, as you say. This is not my forte, so it's like the Northern Lights. You just sit back and you just watch the beauty. Or BGs in this I mean, case. Look, I suppose, Chief, I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to this game. I hope you are. I yeah. think it's going to be great. Um, no, I am. Um, like, I know there, there's scrum and line out issues for Munster at the moment, but I think even that win at the weekend against uh, who was the Sharks, um, that was like it. It was a tight battle. Like it, it's it's a score. It's a scoreline you don't see often in rugby anymore. It was like a 10-3. But there was serious hits and serious carries from both sides in it. Um, so I think if we get more of the same, it, I think I think the, the fans and Irish rugby are in for, in for a treat on Saturday night. Perfect. Yeah, and the time, look, the time has literally just gone there. So... Moving on, a uh, bit of a sandwich here. So we've a bit of domestic rugby, and now we've fallen on from Rocket. We're going to do a bit of American sports commerce for you. Um, so credit where it's due. This comes from an incredible source, which is Joe Pompolano. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of him. If you're anyway interested in sports business, he's definitely worth a follow. Twitter, Instagram, the works. But for the eagle-eyed fan, they will notice there is a Black Friday game this Friday today um 8 p.m it's never happened before but it very much is almost a social experiment in marketing so amazon is paying 100 million to broadcast the nfl's first ever black friday game they've had to bypass a heap of different regulations it's 8 p.m irish time because there is a rule around broadcasting at 6 p.m american eastern standard time on fridays to avoid competing with collegiate football. The reason they've decided to do this is 2002 average viewership, NBA on Christmas Day, which I always thought was a huge amount of viewership, 4.27 million. The NFL Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving Day games drawing an average viewership of 33.5 million. So you might think, why is the NFL agreeing to this? Why is Amazon so insistent on pushing it? But Effectively, Amazon is rolling out increased advertising. So standard Thursday night football advertising is 440,000. It's double that. But what's interesting about this is Amazon has been able to distribute bespoke advertisements based on who is watching it. Prime customers will get certain advertisements. Standard customers will get one form of advertisement and then people who aren't even amazon members are going to get a different advertisement all taking place at the exact same time and there is an option kind of if you're watching it through the amazon 
I don't have it, so I'm not 100% certain. But Prime Video, whatever the version is in the States, there is the option via your TV or mobile device or tablet to buy the item that's been advertised to you without even leaving the broadcast. This so, is the future. This is the future. We, the consumer, are the product. Um, but I just, it, it kind of blew my mind just the level. I, think, I guess when Amazon started getting involved in sports kind of uh, broadcasting, we kind of all kind of raised an eyebrow like, what is the end game here for, for Senior Bezos? But I think we're, we're definitely starting to see the fruition of it and the money Amazon is generating. I don't think we're a million miles away from a period in time where Sky, TNT Sports, BT Sports, whatever you want to name it, just can't compete because these companies can now afford to drop money on all the sports rights, sell it to you for a very, very convenient price as a consumer. Bear in mind, the Irish and the UK sports fan is paying a Sky... Uh, monthly subscription which is about 30 euro i don't i don't fully know for the sports package on top of your standard sky package then you're adding on bt sports which is an extra 20 euro and now you're going to get an amazon prime account which is nine ten, nine euro, a ten month. euro a month yeah something like that yeah 10 euro a month you're going to have next day delivery all this and you want to get free sports um depending on how Contrast right contract kind of broadcast rights get negotiated over the next decade, and sport is going to be peanuts, but you're going to pay for products, not for TV. If that makes mm. sense, it's a complete U-turn on sport. We sport as we know it. Um, but I suppose my question is: Is it? Dangerous or necessary? Uh, I, yeah, I, I struggle to call it necessary. I think absolutely it it sort of starts to introduce maybe the start of a monopoly, as you say, where where corporations like Amazon can just buy out any rights. Um, which I'm surprised they. I'm like I'm not surprised that they are trying to push this, considering the they paid a lot for the the Thursday night games, and to date they've been delivered a bit of a a lackluster, weak product. Um, so yeah, it's a it's, it's a tough one because uh, like to us the consumer, there's there's little difference in well, there's little difference until it is bought out and there is a monopoly we don't notice anything apart from maybe reasonable rates until uh, of course there is you know a sole provider and then that's when the price gouging starts i don't think that price gouge well i just think you'll f- you'll find you have a very full amazon basket without even thinking um i suppose maybe delving into something the podcast is not about but kind of like strategic marketing and kind of marketing in a way that's targeting human behavior and i think when you're switched off watching the game you're less likely to think about the purchase well it's 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 not much different from 
you know, your phones picking up words in your conversations and delivering you those targeted ads um, or, you know, personalized ads based on your search history. It's just it's it's just becoming, I guess, more invasive because, you know, it's you're sitting at home on your couch and all of a sudden, you know, you know, these targeted ads are right at you as opposed to the blanket sort of ads that may or may not apply to you. I don't know. It's hard to say whether is it. I mean, is that what you want? Do you, don't you want ads that are targeted to you? But then again, that means that your info is out there and it's being used to. To direct. Um, I suppose you've heard it here first, kids. Marketers are perverts. Um, oh. But I, I, yeah, look, it's an interesting concept, concept and it's probably a philosophical one. Um, but are they targeted ads? because they're your personal preferences or have you been biased and corrupted into thinking that it's actually what you want and that's kind of the potentially darker mm. question um chief i think it, and that in. i think it's a good idea though to try and get like more football on the tv is always a good idea i think or more sports i'd watch like i'd mm. watch sports every day of the week like if if i mm. won the the euro millions I would retire and just watch sports all day, every day. Kabaddi, you name it. Cricket, hacky sack, championships. I'm, I'm all, I'm all for it. Like I, I think it's, it, it's. I know, like I suppose today, today in America, like um, Thanksgiving is probably equivalent to our Stevens Day, Boxing Day, Premier League fixtures. Mm. Um, but I think you kind of when you said about the NBA Christmas Day games, we're all looking for something on Christmas Day as well. And mm, like, I, I last, was shocked. Yeah. Shocked at how low the figures were. Yeah, it, it is pretty low. I suppose people do probably actually like their families, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's overrated. <laughs> yeah, what the um, But yeah, I think the, the advertising element of it, like that... It's already like everything, every app, every single app you go into, it's already targeted at your behavior and everything already. So it's just, it's just another, it's more in your face, I suppose, because you're like, especially when it comes to NFL, you're, you know, it's like a three hour stretch of targeted ads. We know how much advertising there is in the NFL that, you know, like it, it definitely prolongs your viewing time and stuff like that but i i think it's i, I think it's quite a ingenious idea by by prime um like we've seen that we've seen them you know to do live tennis and stuff like that and the the autumn nations series in rugby and stuff um it's just yeah, whether they just seem to be kind of building the portfolio type thing yeah um it's just whether or not, like uh, as Rocky touched on, it, the the product just hasn't been delivered properly yet. If they can, if they can build on the product that they're delivering, I think it's going to be win win for them. Fair. Um, I think we we'll parked that one there. Um, so next up, nice little segue. Get you ready for the weekend. This is what we feel is this weekend's must watch TV. Myself, selfishly as I am going to the game, 
Uh, it's Leinster Monster, as discussed over the course of the show. Obviously, it is on at 6.30 Irish time this Saturday. It's either on Premier Sports or Via Play, because it's sometimes referred to. Or if you want to hear it in the mother's tongue, it is also on TG Car. Um, but yeah, can't wait for this one. Leinster Monster in the Aviva at half six on Saturday. Rocky, she almost watched it. Um, I've went for the Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nice. Jacksonville Jaguars, the preordained leader or winner of the division, and then the surprise of the year, CJ Stroud making the Texans after years of mediocrity a pretty stout looking team, um, and a challenger for the division. That's on Sky Sports NFL. You'll get it on the is it Sky Sports Mix as well on Red Zone. You'll see your highlights there, yeah. and then on Game Pass if you have it. It's on it uh, Sunday at six. Um, and finally, Chief. So my game of the week to watch is the Saturday kickoff, uh, early Saturday kickoff between City and Liverpool at the Etihad Stadium, um, kicking off at half twelve. Two pretty much informed teams, but City, you know, looking a bit shaky. Um. So I think this one is looking to be I think it's looking to be a pretty good game between the two. Hopefully uh they're not too uh disjointed after the international break, but I, I think I think this will be a, a good game. We'll have a lot of interest uh from an Irish fan perspective. And that's on Sky yeah. Sports main event. Yeah. Uh, early kickoff yeah. classic. Can't go wrong. Um, just Sasquatch yeah. before you before you say that's all from you I think I, I teased last week that I was going to have a little bit of a moan um, yes. I'll keep it short and sweet but there's been a lot of uh, moaning online on the online sphere about Dazone web. that uh, the NFL sort of migrated their game pass over to for, for streaming purposes and there's been a lot of moaning their their cuts of the full game the game in 40 have been really quite below par just in terms of the editing uh, kind of missing plays plays out of sync with the sound so anybody who else who's having those issues out there just make sure you 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 get onto the, the, the zone and do a bit of a moan and Unfortunately, you can't actually get into contact anymore. The NFL have severed themselves from any sort of contact with the uh, the game past cuts, so you have to do all your moaning directly to the zone. Yeah, which look, it's an I expensive L piece of uh, of kit subscription, so you don't want to be paying. I think it's one hundred and sixty euro to. I think the the minds of Trey Parker and Matt Stone hit the nail on the head when they told us blame Canada <laughs> yeah spot on and that is all from me and that's all from me and that's all from me thank you and good night